Continuing our farm system previews, today we've got the Tampa Bay Rays. Grab some of the top prospects, we'll discuss the state of the pitching, and give out some superlatives. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as we're doing between now and when pitchers and catchers report, we're doing all of our farm system previews. Today is the Tampa Bay Rays, the 86 and 76 Tampa Bay Rays. And the story of last year looks like just injury, right? You lose a lot of guys Takes a while to get Shane Boz back after the preseason surgery. Ends up leaving with Tommy John. You don't have Wander Franco for a significant portion of the year. Brandon Lau's in and out of the lineup. Just a lot of injury and a lot of missed time. And when you look at some of the top prospects, you have some options here to take some of those available at-bats. You also have some injured guys as well. Number one top prospect in the system is Shane Boz. Uh, 2017 first rounder out of high school and Shane Boz technically only has 40 innings in the big leagues. Uh, This obviously doesn't count playoff time, but he debuted in 2021, got three games down the stretch, 13 and a third innings, 202 ERA with 18 strikeouts to three blocks. Looked phenomenal, started some playoff games, had a preseason surgery because of loose bodies in the elbow in 2022, didn't make his way back into the rotation until early June. Looked very good in early June. Uh, 24 and two-thirds innings, 28 strikeouts, 292 ERA. And then that last start on July 10th. Uh, Velocity was down, gave up seven runs, including three home runs and like two and a third. Got lifted, played a pain in the elbow, ended up having Tommy John is out for all of next year. And... The thing here, when you have Shane Boz, he's a fantastic like front-of-the-rotation option to go behind Shane McClanahan. Uh, the fastball is one of the better fastballs in technically the minors. Uh, I've seen 80 grades on this fastball, sits 95 to 96, touches 100, does very well up in the zone, has a lot of carry, and gets uh, a, a higher-than-average number of swings and misses. So... Very, very good. Can locate it. Shane Boss can throw that fastball anywhere in the strike zone that he wants to. Can hit any spot with it. He can, he can paint, do what, like whatever he wants to do with it. To go along with that, he's got a plus slider. It's a power slider. Kind of breaks on two planes. Doesn't have a ton of sweep. But uh, it's, it's very effective because of the power. Pairs well with the fastball. Has a changeup. Uh, plays really well off of the soft uh, off of the slider, but he only really breaks it out against lefties. It's uh, 87, 88 or so, so it's it's a good difference off of the fastball, kind of where you want it to be with that 10 miles an hour. Uh, curveball, it's kind of fringe to average, really useful early in the count when someone's sitting fastball or sitting slider, you can kind of surprise them with the curve. Uh, it is a vertical breaking curve, so it gives you that vertical element of the game as well as can be used against both lefties and righties because it's 
a more north and south versus a two-plane break or horizontal breaking pitch. And with like usually the control has been plus. Looked a little bit iffy last year. That may have been some of the elbow stuff, but all in all, assuming that Shane Botts comes back after a rehab year of 2023, should be back to the front of the rotation form that we expect. Uh, and is just an absolute fantastic second piece to pair along with Shane McClanahan in this rotation. The next prospect in the system, not injured, but has a little bit of questions, and we didn't used to have questions about this guy, Aj Bradley. So 2018 fifth rounder out of high school. Was in double-A, triple-A last year, and two different pitchers almost when you look at what he did. So in double-A, 16 starts in Montgomery. 170 ERA in 74 and a third innings, 88 strikeouts, so 10.6 per nine, to 18 walks, 2.18 per nine, four home runs allowed. When he got to Triple A Durham, struggled a little bit more there in Durham. 366 ERA in 59 innings, 53 strikeouts, so 8.08 per nine, below one strikeout per inning. 15 walks, 2.29 walks per nine. So still stuck with that two and change walks per nine innings, which was good. Strikeouts went down about two strikeouts per nine innings, and he went from four home runs allowed in 74 double-A innings to 10 home runs allowed in 59 triple-A innings. And I think the struggles were ultimately good. When you look at what... Hodge Bradley does. He has a very good fastball, 65 or 70 grade. I keep going back and forth on it. Sits 95, 96, can touch 98, has a ton of life to it. And then to go along with that, he has a he has a slider. He holds it like a cutter, throws it like a fastball, and can manipulate it a lot. So he can make it uh, you know, sweepier, kind of like a like more you know, more horizontal break to it. He can make it a tighter, harder slider with less with less movement, but more velocity behind it. He can kind of move it around a lot. Doesn't, doesn't really use it as a strikeout pitch. Uses it as something to induce low-quality contact, right? Uh, can, throw both, can throw both this and the fastball for strikes. It's a great one-two pairing. The, the issue there is what is the third pitch? Um, he's worked on different options of the changeup, trying to figure out what's going to work, a circle change, a Vulcan, all that kind of stuff, has ended up with this splitter-like grip for a changeup, and it's just, it's average. It's, he doesn't really have a good, have a lot of confidence in it, and doesn't really have just like the, the feel for it. As a curveball, again, it's kind of below average. Uh, uses it early in the count to kind of steal a to steal a strike here and there, but can't really throw it for a strike. And so, struggling in AAA ultimately, I think, is good for Taj Bradley because it's gonna make it's gonna force him to develop that third pitch. And the fact how he can manipulate the slider gives him options and gives him viability as a two pitch starter. Because there's so many different variations on that slider. It may look like a like a big sw- horizontal sweeper. It may look more like a cutter. You know, it gives him options and it's almost like he has multiple pitches. But you still want the changeup or the curveball. Something to come along a little more. 
to give you that third option. But pretty sure he'll go back to Durham, spend a little more time in Durham, and then after that, uh, join this rotation, be a a mid-rotation guy, a solid number three, maybe a number two. A couple other guys, top prospects here. Uh, Curtis Mead, on track to be the first Australian position player uh, of, you know, modern baseball. We've seen... We've seen some pitchers. Peter Moylan comes to mind. But uh, Curtis Mead going to be the first Australian, yeah? Uh, So 2018 IFA by the Phillies and then was traded from the Phillies uh, for a pitcher to the Rays. But last year, 76 games spread between AA and AAA. 298, 392, 13 home runs, 40 extra base hits, 36 walks to 62 strikeouts and 7-9 on stolen bases. Uh, Year was finished last year because he had a right elbow strain, and this kind of goes back to the defense. There's been some defensive questions. We'll cover defense first. There's been some defensive questions. His arm is below average. His speed is below average, and his defense is kind of questionable. He was playing some third in Montgomery, but the common belief is because of the arm strength, he's going to have to move to second base. And there were actually concerns that when he was out in shallow right on a shift, he wouldn't be able to make the throws he needed to make to first base. And so the restriction on shifting will actually help him. But he was doing extra work to improve his arm strength when he got the elbow strain. So like those things are directly correlated. That's why he missed time last year. He is supposed to be ready for spring training. He is a just a fantastic hitter that defensively is limited to second or maybe first. I mean, he's like a 70-grade, yeah, I would call him a 70-grade bat with probably 60-grade power. He's going to hit, he's going to have a high batting average. He's going to hit a bunch of line drives. I could see him being like a 20 to 25 home run guy, but the power is not the big selling point. It's going to be the high batting average, the high on base. uh, His line in Montgomery in 56 games was 305, 394, 548. 10 home runs, 31 extra base hits. That kind of gives you an idea of what the bat can do. Uh, Number four, Kyle Manzardo. Kyle Manzardo is the reason that you may not see Curtis Mead at first base. Kyle Manzardo, 2021 second rounder out of Washington State. I, I think I'm a little higher on him than a lot of other prospect evaluators are. They have him number five, number six, number seven. I have him at number four. He is a, to me, he is a 70 grade hitter. He is a fan, like just a pure hitter, very simple stance and swing. Uh, it is very hard to get him to swing and miss in the zone. It is very hard to get him to chase. Now, that being said, the power is probably at best only above average. His average exit velo is about 88 miles an hour, which isn't that particularly impressive. But he can pull the ball, put it over the fence. And the big thing is he can hit the ball gap to gap from foul pole to foul pole. And so he's going to have a high batting average and a little bit lower power numbers. Um, And part of that's because he's painfully slow. He's a good defender with a good arm. Uh, he, he, he will play an above average first base, but his range is going to be low. And he is, I mean, he's probably a 20 grade runner. He is a slow baseball player, but he's a good hitter. 
a very good hitter. And so, like, 90, okay, 93 games last year between high A and double A. 327, 426, 617. 22 home runs, 49 extra base hits, 59 walks to 65 strikeouts, and one of two on stolen bases. He is a very, very good hitter. That's why I have him in my top four as compared to five or six or seven, like a lot of other places have him, because that hit tool is so good. He's your best bet to be the first baseman of the future. And one of the reasons Curtis Mead has to stick at second is because Manzardo's coming up. And Manzardo has enough power to fit the profile at first base. And Curtis Mead doesn't necessarily have the power that we expect a first baseman to have. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching in this system. Uh, it's different from how it has been in the past. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football was in the playoffs this weekend. We get three days, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday night game, as I understand. Uh, college football obviously just finished. They're waiting on National Signing Day, and we're going to be on the track to spring practice. But the last couple commitments in the transfer portal are happening now because classes start for a lot of teams, this, uh, a lot of schools this week and next week. Obviously, you've got the NBA, you've got college basketball. But looking at just baseball, you've got futures out right now. The odds to win the AL East are up on Bet Online. The Yankees are the favorites, plus 110. The Blue Jays are second, plus 220. The Rays are third, plus 300 to win the AL East. Uh, Orioles and Red Sox are actually tied at plus 1600, which feels too low for the Orioles and too high for the Red Sox, especially with the news that they're not going to have Trevor Story for a while. But when you look at the odds to win the World Series, Tampa Bay Rays plus 2000. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online. Where the game starts. Okay, so Tampa has always been known as an organization that had great pitching, right? There's tons of pitching in here, and the farm system right now seems to be kind of heavy on hitting. And I don't think this is like a like a like a purposeful decision by the front office. It's just kind of how it's ended up. So it's looking at like how they drafted recently. In 2022, five of the top six picks were hitters. In 2021, the top five picks were all hitters. Uh, 2020 was a pitching-heavy draft, but some of those pitchers have been injured. And so because of that, the ranks aren't as high. Like look at J.J. Gross, Nick Bisco, Ian Seymour, Cole Wilcox have all dealt with injuries. I think if you don't have that run of pitcher injuries, Jane Baugh's out right now, obviously. Your top 10 probably looks different, and you probably have more confidence about the state of the pitching. That, combined with Todd Bradley's end-of-season struggles in Durham, make people down a little bit on the pitching in this system. I still feel good about some of these guys. So, Mason Montgomery, 2021 six-rounder out of Texas Tech, and got in a full season of work last year. 27 games started between high A and double A. And... Some interesting discrepancies in the numbers. You can definitely see that Montgomery, AA Montgomery, is the bigger jump in competition. So, uh, total total stats here. 6-3 and three with a 210 ERA and 124 innings pitched. 171 strikeouts, again in 124 innings. 
to 12.4 per nine to 43 walks, 3.1 per nine, and 11 home runs allowed. But when you look at what he did level to level, in high A Bowling Green, 16 games started, 69 and two-thirds innings, 181 ERA with 118 strikeouts, like 15.2 strikeouts per nine. Absurd number there. When he gets to Montgomery, uh, the numbers, the strikeout numbers don't look nearly right. 11 games, 2480 ERA, which is still good, and 54 and a third innings, but only 53 strikeouts, so 8.7 per nine. Uh, but here's the thing in his last five starts, one run or fewer in Montgomery. Sixth in all of minor league baseball in strikeouts with 171 and fourth best in ERA uh, with 210. And all of his starts, in his 27 starts, he allowed more than three runs one time. So this to me is a very, very, shows that, that base of Montgomery has promise as a pitcher. Now there's a couple things he has to work on. The, the, the fastball, okay? The fastball plus fastball uh, sits 93 to 94, doesn't, he does his thing with it, similar to how Taj Bradley uses the slider, where he can adjust the fastball, right? He can he can run it up to 96, 97. Sometimes he'll throw it 91, 92, but uh, kind of a flat approach angle. And then because of the movement where he can spot it, both in and out of the strike zone, he can kind of get a lot of work done with just that fastball. He's got a slider that's, I'd say, French to average. Um, doesn't have a ton of movement to it, but he can throw it for strikes. He can get folks to chase with it as well, set it up with a fastball, and then go with that. Has a changeup. It's solidly below average. Uh, doesn't throw it for strikes a ton. When he does throw it for strikes, it gets rocked. And so I think... I think part of the reason you saw some of the numbers, especially the strikeout numbers, go down in AA was because you can't reliably get those better players to chase as much. He's got to work on the slider and the changeup if he wants to work as a you know pitchability, fastball-heavy lefty. Got to have better secondaries than he has. But the command is there. The control is there. The fastball is a good fastball. I think at worst, you're looking at a reliever or some sort of like back-end starter, but if you can get the slider to be better, which it feels like Tampa should be able to do that, you could absolutely see him as a uh, number three, number four in a rotation. Uh, Cole Wilcox is a guy, we mentioned him because of the injuries. He's recovering from Tommy John, so he didn't get a lot of time in last year. Uh, played in seven games, like 16 innings. Stats aren't necessarily even worth going over, but uh, we're trying to see where the velocity comes back to. Before Tommy John, and backing up, 2023rd rounder out of Georgia. So he had the Tommy John after about 40 innings in 2021, and that's why you didn't see him until late in the year last year. So uh, before Tommy John, the fastball sat around 94, 95, and he could touch 99 with it. And was a plus pitch. Last year, the fastball sat in some of the rehab starts in both rookie ball and low A, sat 91 to 93 and wouldn't get past about 95. And so really kind of need to see that fastball velocity come back. Again, Tommy John's not an exact science. Uh, it is not 100% fail, like, like fail-proof. Things will still happen. So 
I will say, though, the slider still looked really good. Um, power slider, 84 to 87. He didn't throw a lot of changeups last year. A lot of guys coming back from Tommy John like to wait on some pitches like that. When he did before injury, it was an average pitch. Uh, and then he's he's had decent command or decent control. The command's been a little iffy, but he's had decent control. And so we need to see him be healthy. And we need to see the fastball velocity come back. Uh, but if it comes back, the plus slider, the fastball, a little bit of improvements in the changeup, and you're looking at another guy with power stuff that should be a, a middle to back of rotation guy. In just a minute, I want to get to our superlatives uh, right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. Okay, so we're talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, the 2023 farm system, and we've got a couple superlatives. Uh, we do these for, for every team. The first one, because of the saying that we have your power tools only as good as your hit tool, uh, the first one, Heriberto Hernandez. Uh, for first baseman slash outfielder, he was part of the, he was a signee 2017 IFA by the Rangers and was part of the Nate Lowe or Nate Lau, I'm so not sure which one, uh, the Nate Lowe trade to the Rangers. 119 games in high A last year, 255, 368, 499, 24 home runs, 53 total extra base hits when you, you know, count the home runs. Uh, 67 walks to 155 strikeouts and 6-8 to eight on stolen base. So, hits the ball as hard as anybody. I mean, he's, his, his max exit velo numbers come out to like 110. Can crush a baseball. Uh, the raw power is a 70-grade raw power. But the thing is, he has to make enough contact. And part of it is, he knows how to work a count and he's, fully, he's fine taking a walk. And so there are pitchers that rather than attack him in the zone and give him something uh, to crush over a fence, they will just nibble around the zone, see if they can get him to chase, and they're fine if they end up walking him. And so I think he's going to be like a 230 batting average guy, but he'll, hit, he'll walk plenty and he'll probably hit 25 home runs. It's just a, he doesn't get enough opportunities to hit. And then when he does, I mean, you see the strikeout number, 155 in 119 games. He does have swing and miss in there uh, and, and just does have some questions. And then obviously, uh, he has to hit because defensively he struggles. He was signed as a catcher. He moved from the catcher to outfield, and now he is at, he is considered to be a probably a first baseman. Uh, he's a well below average defender with well below average speed. The arm's above average. It can play in right field, but he just can't get to anything. And the Rays like to roll out uh, outfielders in all three positions that could play center field. They have put a, pre a premium on outfield defense. And so he's going to be at first base. And so that means there's even more pressure on the bat to perform and for him to make contact. So he is your uh, massive power, but it's only as good as your hit tool guy, is Heriberto Hernandez. Your breakout, the guy that I, who I like to break out this year, is outfielder Shane Sasaki. Uh, 2019 third rounder out of high school, um, was the top prospect in the 2019 draft out of Hawaii. But a little bit of a smaller guy, six foot 170. But here's what he did in low A last year. 89 games. 324, 410, 497. 
Nine home runs, 30 extra base hits, 49 walks to 92 strikeouts, and 47 of 51 on stolen bases. Ended up with a 151 WRC+. Uh, Got a lot of comments from the coaching staff about how valuable he was for the Carolina League uh, championship. And in the Carolina League, he led in batting average with that 324. He led in on base with the 410. He led in slugging with the 497, which means he led in OPS as well. Uh, The counting stats aren't there like they would be for a lot of other guys. But plus speed, above average defense, above average arm, still working on some of the reads, routes, and reactions. Um, But doesn't strike out a ton, gets on base, and has some sneaky pop in there. I mean, he... He had nine home runs in 90 games. Uh, I do think he's a little bit aggressive at the plate. The swing, it's like a big aggressive swing, but it's working so far. I expect him to tone that down just a little bit. Uh, and he's one of those guys, there's no like glaringly plus tool, but there's no like real weaknesses in the game either, other than maybe a question about the power ceiling. So I like him to be the the breakout player this year and get into top top 30 lists and be a consideration to one day be uh, a, a starting outfielder in Tampa Bay. No superlative for needs to stay healthy because there's so many pitcher injuries in this system. As a whole, the pitchers need to stay healthy. I don't have an individual guy that I'm pick, that I'm narrowing down to and saying this guy needs to be healthy. It's just you need healthy full years from your pitchers so that you can rebuild some of that pitching depth in the system. That 2020 uh, pitching heavy draft is those guys are behind their their development schedules because of injury. So you just need your pitchers to be healthy. I do think your best defensive center fielder, because we do. I just do enjoy talking about this guy in every system, I'm looking at Mason Auer, uh, 2021 fifth rounder out of junior college. And 115 games last year between low A Charleston and high A Bowling Green at age 21. 290, 372, 487, 15 home runs, 48 extra base hits, 12 of which were triples, 55 walks to 110 strikeouts, and 48 of 55 on stolen base. Defensively, he is, I mean, the speed, 70 speed, he has an 80 grade arm. He was a two-way player in college, and so the arm is massive, he just loves to hit. And so he's not pitching at the moment right now. But um, Reed's routes and reactions need some work. He hasn't been a full-time center fielder until he got to the pros. And so I think right now he's above average in center field. He'd be a plus defender in the corners. But he's got all of the tools, the speed and the arm, to be a plus defender, if not a 70-grade defender. So uh, it's just some, some experience with the Reed's routes and reactions. And he's getting better offensively, he does a really good job of balancing the plate discipline with the contact ability. Uh, the swing is a is a very smooth swing. He doesn't have an extreme uppercut or anything to it. Uh, he can chase a little bit, but younger players do that, especially ones that aren't as experienced with being full-time hitters. He's getting better about that. The raw power, I would say it's probably 65 or 70 grade. Now, the game power is still only above average, above average or so. He has a big leg kick. Uh, he's toned it down somewhat, but he's got to get a little better with that. But in the meantime, good contact ability, strikeout rates around 20%. Plate discipline's good, 10% walk rate. 
and the power is getting better. So I like a lot of what he does here. Um, again, I like the speed. I think the speed's fantastic. And once he gets a little more comfortable, he'll do more than the than the 48 to 55 on stolen bases. Like you see that number there. I think getting caught seven times probably tells you he's still getting his a hang of it. But love what Mason Hour does. And I think it gives you another option for a top tier defender in the bigs in a couple years. Love this farm system. Love what the Rays do with their minor leaguers. And all of their farm systems are very, very good in their respective leagues. So if you're ever around and have a chance to go check one out, definitely make sure that you do that. Uh, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, lockedonmbprospects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the new Locked On MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. We've had a ton of fun covering the Carlos Correa saga in there and just chatting about guys that, are, that our players pull or guys that, that, that our teams have in their organizations, uh, trading cards that we've pulled and things like that. Tons of fun. Until next time, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.